right. Hello and welcome back again to the Calorie Deficit University podcast. This is part two of a previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go back um, and and do listen to it. Kind of set the stage for what we're going to finish out chatting through. Um, so if you've listened already to the first um, part of the episode. Wow, you're dedicated. <laughs> um, congrats. And good for you. Um, because this is uh, some serious long form content. And I would encourage you that if you can be dedicated enough to bettering yourself um, by listening to the entirety of these episodes, then you're doing some pretty damn good work. So pat on the back. Um, good for you. Happy, happy. So let's get right into it um, so that we don't waste any more time. And like I said, I'm really putting in the Lord's work for you guys because I hate doing podcasts longer than an hour because my attention span um, dies and has the worst blocking. So bear with me as I really try to, to bring you guys the best content out there. So we're going to start off with the stress eating, the emotional eating, um, and emotional hunger, because really understanding yourself, understanding why you're feeling how you're feeling and why you act the way you do is what's going to give you the tools of freedom to overcoming um, this cycle and feeling a, a lot better about doing the daily habits, right? Because like, you know what you need to do. You know that you need a calorie deficit. You know that you need to eat whole foods. You know that you need to move your body more, but it's complicated, right? Because it still feels hard. So let's talk about that. When you are stressed, your cortisol shoots up, causing a sensation of hunger, but not a biological need of hunger. So again, I'm going to say that, and that's like breaking it down to the very bare, bare bottom minimum, Right when you get stressed, so like fight or flight, and that like stress these days is very imminent um, and prevalent. So when you get stressed, your cortisol goes way through the roof um, because it's a biological response of like telling your body, hey, you need to make a decision. Hey, you need to pay attention. Hey, how are we going to survive this? So it goes, shoots up. And that causes a the same sensation of hunger, but it's not a biological need of hunger because you usually you're like, well, I already ate or I, I am full. Like I, I don't need to eat yet. It's not lunch or whatever it may be, or even in the middle of the night. Right? So most people don't actively try to understand their hunger and they'll say, oh yeah, I stress eat. But do you know why? Like when you get stressed, like, do you know why? why wouldn't you try and solve that? Like that, that's not good. So when you get stressed, your body responds with fight or flight. Like I said, and so a release of cortisol, um, sends receptors to your body to be ready to solve the problem ahead. Right. It's like, all right, are we going to need adrenaline? Like what's next? Um, are we going to like hunt the animal? Are we going to protect ourselves against the cold? What are we doing? Right. So those are like stressors that we had a thousand years ago. Stressors that we have today are just totally different, right? We have access to the world's wealth of information and data, things that like we were never supposed to have immediate access to watching uh, twin towers burn down and fall and people jump to their deaths. Like that is a horrible thing to witness and have to somehow process. 
um, that puts your body under weird, very weird, abnormal uh, things that it is not like, again, modern problems, modern, modern era problems, right? But there's an easy fix here. Understanding that when you are stressed or anxious, your hunger might go up is great. That's the tool. Understanding that, oh, am I stressed or am I hungry? Might just make it go away for some. Just understanding that as a whole and being able to identify that and to re neurologically reprocess how your brain thinks through stress. So instead of reaching for food, maybe you redirect, go for a walk, practice breath work, journal, read a book, have a cup of tea, take yourself away from the stressful situation, solve the stressful situation. It takes time to redirect this behavior at first, but it's worth it. Um, I, personally for me, I just have a bad bitch playlist. Like music is really good for the soul. Like music is a great way to redirect your entire pattern of thinking and how you feel, um, and can really change your, the entire trajectory of your day. A little dance party. Again, it might seem stupid, but I'm a baby and I need a dance party to feel better when I'm having a bad day. So it is the solution to your stress that is really important, right? We want to minimize that shoot of cortisol rather than masking it with food intake. Huge, huge point. Again, I will say that solution to your stress is really, really important to focus on so that that shoot of cortisol is solved rather than masked with food because that's what you're doing. You're just raising your baseline again when you mask it with food, raising your baseline of stress tolerance, raising your baseline of stress and sorry, intolerance, raising your baseline of stress intolerance. Like I said earlier in the pre in the first episode, wouldn't it be great if you had such a good baseline of bad bitchery <laughs> that nothing wavered you, that you were not stressed and that you had a very very stable level of peace and rarely ever felt that jolt of cortisol, that running electrified magnetic sense of anxiety going through your body. That is where you want to get to so that you don't mask that with food. So another thing that people who struggle with emotional eating will do is they are overly restrictive um, and don't solve their emotional eating. It's kind of like a weird oxymoron situation. So a lot of people will put themselves through this cycle. They get really, really stressed. They overeat and then they over restrict to in their mind, correct it. When I ideally addressing the stress at it, at its core with real solutions would eliminate the need to over restrict altogether um, eliminate the need to overeat altogether. But ironically, when you over restrict after you binged, you put yourself in even more additional stress, um, lot due to lots of things, right? So you're sending even more cortisol through your body, causing even more potential hunger and stress. So it's this really, really icky, vicious cycle because it's like when you overeat, your body is under stress because it has to somehow figure out what it's going to do with all these extra calories, you feel like shit. And then you have this emotional response where you feel guilty. So you're like, all right, I'm going to restrict. And so your body's like, huh? 
we just overate and now we're going to, okay, well, we'll adjust for that, I guess. And, and maybe sent like, well, we really liked what, what we overate. So we'll send some more cues, right. To tell her like, Hey, we really like that highly palatable food when you overeat and we have this excess of calories that's like really good for us biologically um, and survival. So like, yeah, we're just going to continue to send stress hormones so that you keep eating like that because we don't like this fucking starving restricting thing. Are you starting to get it? How like much your body responds to its environment that you put it in. So when you start to solve the stress... And then the stress response at the core and practice real solutions when your stress comes up and choose food that actually serves you and makes you feel better, like whole foods, high protein, um, high fiber, it all starts to come together and feels less like a battle um, and more like a lifestyle change. And I think a lot of stress, people have a really hard time with boundaries and like sometimes you just got to like say no practice saying no and stop being a people pleaser. Um, so your overeating behavior is not due to lack of self-control or discipline. I, I see the most highly successful, intelligent, um, business owning, like rock star parents of the year who have this incre- crazy self-control and discipline in every other area, area of their life be like, well, I guess I'm just like a mess because they struggle with overeating. <laughs> It's like, no, how does that make sense? You run this crazy life that is incredibly disciplined, incredibly controlled. And then like when it comes to eating, you're like, oh, well, I must just be a fucking idiot. Like, no, that's not true. Um, so like most of these changes for overeating behavior cannot just be like white knuckled. You need real solutions. Um, And the discipline comes into play, like I've said in the previous episode, like when the little bitch in your brain is like, well, you could just relax and sit on the couch all day because you only live once. And when you die, like, so who cares? That's when you have to be like, no, silly ghost. You're just tired because you didn't sleep good last night. So like, we're going to push through. We'll have a good night's sleep today, but we still have goals and we need to get after this. But all the other stuff, if you keep shoving it down and shoving it down and you don't address it and you don't practice real solutions and you don't actually use the solutions, right? Like I'll be like, see people. Oh yeah, well I journal when maybe like once every other week. Oh, well, yeah, I I go for a walk once every other week. Well, oh yeah, like I do once every other week. No, you have to do it every day or you'll stay in this hellhole forever. You have to make time for yourself every single day or again, you will stay in this hellhole forever. So if you're using food to solve an emotional problem, the problem isn't going to be solved because it's an emotional problem, not a food problem. I'll say it again. If you're using food to solve an emotional problem, you're never going to solve the emotional problem because food is a food and emotions need emotional solutions, feelings, real solutions, right? Whatever you're feeling, food is not the answer. Food's primary function is to keep you alive and fuel you, okay? Like snacking and bumping through your life, eating whatever you want, whenever you want, is not proper function and utilization of food. It's not treating your body well. 
because foods, the whole purpose is to fuel you for life, like to be alive and to move and to be strong and to nourish your brain and your organs and your bones. It's not designed to just make you feel better. Like the reason we taste is for survival, to be able to tell what the difference between poison is bad or good. And so consumer companies have mass produced food that tastes good because it is literally our basic instinct for survival and therefore makes us want to buy and consume more. So you have to solve your problems with real solutions, not food. Food only temporarily makes you feel better, temporarily makes you feel better. And it's like getting a quick high, right? Like getting a quick high from sugar or carbs, and then you come down and it's not solving anything. And it usually just makes you feel like the worst. I will like, in addition to that, and like, I think a lot of people might think, well, not a lot of people. I think there's a camp of people who'd be like, Alexis, that's just so extreme. Like, of course I'm going to have food when like cake on my birthday. And of course I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's not what I'm saying. That's not an emotional turmoil situation that you're struggling with. Like that's not a day in and day out thing. Your birthday is your birthday. The holidays are the holidays. Like most people don't actually struggle around then at all. Most people struggle when the lights go off, it's time to go to bed and your mind is racing because you haven't dealt with any of the fucking shit that you had go on throughout the day. And it might mean that you have to slow down a little bit. It might mean that you have to change your lifestyle. But I think people like really get this entitled attitude to like, well, I'm entitled to the cookies. I'm entitled to the brownies. I'm going to eat them because I want them. Like what? What? No, no. Brownies are brownies. Cookies are cookies. Like they're delicious. They're amazing. They can be included in your diet and you can still live a happy, healthy life. But like if you're not getting fiber a minimum of 25 grams of fiber a day for women, a minimum of 35 grams of fiber for men as a bare minimum. Like, don't even talk to me about cookies. We're not there yet. If you're not getting a minimum amount of protein for your goals and your height and your weight and your age and your gender, then like, don't even fucking talk to me about cookies. Like, we need to solve the problem first. We need to do the bare minimum stuff first, and then we can play around with your macros, and then we can get there. I just think that people have this, like, I don't know what it is, like entitlement attitude of like, well, yeah, I'm just going to buy it. Like, what? What? I don't know. I don't. And again, I think people bump along through life and don't realize what they're doing and how they're actually harming themselves and not setting themselves up for success. So how do you get past emotional eating? Talk about it out loud and journal. I, it's actually freaking incredible. Like I think I'm cheaper than a therapist. So a lot of people are like, dang, like you feel like my therapist sometime. And I'm like, Maybe I should start charging those rates. (laughs) Um, But it's amazing the change that happens when you just talk about it. 
and hopefully you can find a good support system and a good space. And if you can't, maybe just journal, write it down, get it out. Like most people are dramatically unaware of their feelings and have no words to even describe how they're feeling. Like again, they just like let life happen to them and they don't take time to reflect and understand what they're feeling and why they're feeling. And like I said, maybe you need therapy, but becoming aware of your emotions and why you're using food the way you are without self-judgment, dang, that is, that is a lot. Like what emotions are you trying to soothe and not address? Like, what are you trying to shove so deep down about yourself? Do you really hate yourself? Do you really truly think that you're just ugly and not worth anything? Like, those are some big, big things. And when you tie all those feelings to food, that's a lot. That's a lot to be carrying around, you know, being overly judgmental of yourself is not going to help you either. Like when you judge yourself and you shame yourself and you guilt yourself, those are shame and guilt are two very huge emotions that are only going to continue to hold you back even more. Seriously, seriously. I think one good solution that is commonly used in therapy that you can, uh, is a freebie that I'll give to you. So you don't have to, um, go to therapy. If you can't afford it, then welcome to America. Um, is, um, talking to your younger self, like talk therapy. So at first it might feel really silly. It did for me, but it can be very therapeutic. If you go back in time, what would you tell your younger self in middle school who's insecure about their body? What would you tell the high school teen who's struggling with their braces and fitting in? What would you, what would you do? You know, what would you tell the girl who's being made fun of for maybe having their, their breasts develop more than the other girls? You know, what would, what, what would you do? Right. Would you go back and give yourself a big hug say, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. (laughs) I think those are some things to journal on and, and really think about. So like, if you have a moment, what I would encourage you to do is sit here right now and close your eyes with me if you can and take a deep breath and go back in time to when you were first vulnerable and painfully aware of the struggle you had with your body and food intake. And if you can't think of it now, that's okay. Maybe you'll think of it later, but really think about that time when you were first fully like exposed to the awareness of, I really don't like my body. Go back to that situation Or maybe the first time you felt out of control with food or feelings and run up to yourself and give yourself a big, gigantuous hug, giant hug and say, Hey, I just wanted you to know that you're enough. Your body is beautiful and strong. And one day 
you are going to feel better. This moment, it's just a brief moment in time. You have so much life ahead of you to live. And I'm here now and I've got it. I'm doing the work. I'm going to deal with our shit. I'm going to do it. I am doing it. I'm finally living my life for us, putting us first. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for being all that I needed you to be to get me to where I am in life right now because we're doing great. All right. Now open your eyes. Well, we're getting gushy and mushy on the podcast. You know, if you want to pause the podcast here um, and continue on, continue journaling, continue talking to yourself about things that you need to hear, that's great. And you can come back to it later. Um, It can be really uncomfortable to sit with your feelings and address things, but it is the only way that you're going to figure out your shit with food and your feelings. It's really, really the only way, because like I said, like the easy shit, the easy stuff is okay. Yeah. Eating vegetables, eating fruit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eating chicken, eating meat. Got it. Got it. Got it. Get my steps, blah, 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 blah. Right. That can go in one ear and out the other, but it's your mind. It's your behaviors. It's your situation. It's your environment. It's your habits. That's the rub. That's it. So changing your mindset about food. Oh, it's so old news, Alexis. Mindset, mindset, mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I told you this was going to be different than any other content you've seen out there. So we know that we need to change our mindset around food, but what even is that? What even is a mindset? It's, it's actually quite simple. You actually need to view food as food. <laughs> you can't just let food happen to you. Food is what can heal your gut. It can keep you alive. It can give you energy, can make you stronger. It can make you feel good. It can also make you feel like shit if you don't eat real food and start looking at like that, not good food versus bad food, valuable food versus invaluable food, food that makes me fat, food that makes me skinny. No, like food that is supposed to keep you alive. Like what? When did, when did we start to subscribe so much value to something that was just supposed to be like on the back burner? Like, yep. Oh, toss some nuts, got energy, got stuff to do. Oh, yep. Like it's not supposed to be at the forefront of everything we're thinking about counting every calorie, counting every morsel, right? You have to start looking at food as just food, not, oh, this Oreo will make me fat and fall off the rails if I eat it. This Oreo's bad. I can never have it ever again. What the fuck? No way. That Oreo is an Oreo. It has inerrant caloric measurement in it, a unit of measure for energy that my body can process in a certain way. And I can have one, I can include it in my daily intake. I can move on with my life. It will serve me in this moment to be deliciousness. And that is it. But I'm going to eat my protein. I'm going to eat my fiber and I'm going to fuel my body because I want to live. I want to be alive. You have to actively choose to see food in a different way. You have to actively choose 
to look at food and educate yourself about what, what the fuck is food even made of? What is in it? What's the fiber? What's the protein? Is it going to make me feel good? Is it going to make me feel bad? Am I going to sleep good tonight? I want to live a full, happy, healthy life. Okay, another practical thing. We've talked about this before, but changing your food environment. If you have to have the emotional eating, right? Because that's a part of the process. You're not just going to wake up tomorrow and be like, no, I'm done emotionally eating. Wow, Alexis, that podcast is so helpful and I'm never going to emotionally eat ever again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm never going to have stress ever again in my life. No, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen like that you're probably going to have emotional eating again. Well, guess what? You can eat stress-fighting foods. You can have food on hand that helps you crush and conquer that emotional eating that is inevitable to occur for anyone on the face of the earth because we're all human fucking beings. It turns out that tea... Eastern medicine, here we at. It turns out that tea is a really good solution to stress. Um, You know, high in antioxidants, it soothes the central nervous system. Green tea um, is one of the best things that you can drink for your hormones. Um, And it's amazing. So drink tea. So another good food to eat is fruit with high antioxidants. That will help you with sleep, help you with um, your immunity, help you feel better. So you get those blueberries, get your strawberries, um, eat the fruit, man. Also really great with fiber. We are learning a lot of, of late how food affects our mood and feelings. And we haven't figured out the gut microbiome 100% yet, but we know certain foods like fiber and protein um, and high antioxidant foods make us feel so much better than ultra processed, low fiber, low nutrient foods that have actually been shown to worsen things like anxiety and depression. We know that. We know that ultra processed food literally makes us feel like shit. Like, not just like, oh, I'm sluggish. No, like it makes your anxiety and depression worse. Literally, we know that. So why would you eat it? Because it's delicious and marketed to you and convenient and put out that it's cheaper, but it really isn't. Another really practical solution is making an emergency stress eating package. This might not be for everyone, but for some people it really works. Or having designated foods that you know you're going to be able to eat or want to eat when you want to eat. So um, what I would put in your little eating package or have at the ready um, is a sweet and kind note to yourself, obviously, with words that you know you need to hear. But literally, like I I have had clients make a box of prepackaged stress eating packages that have the calories and everything laid out so they know, all right, this is a 300 calorie stress eating package that I'm going to sit in the moment, address my emotional needs and my my eating needs and move on with my life so that I don't overly binge and get out of this progress that I'm trying to make. So words that you need to hear, Um, And then snacks that will serve you and make you feel better. So things like dark chocolate in a tea bag, 
pre-portion popcorn or protein chips or something like that. Like that small redirection of behavior can do wonders for your stress and binge eating. Some, so for me, I don't really struggle with binge eating, um, or stress eating anymore. Um, just because I, I don't even have the time like to do that. Um, it's way too optimal (laughs) these days. Um, but if I'm like, hmm, I like really feel the need to munch and crunch. Popcorn's always my go-to. Um, popcorn is the best. They have so many great options now. Sweet and salty, buttery, garlicky, cheesy. There's so many great. Um, the Lesser Evil brand is great. Boom Chicka Pop is great. You just portion it out and have a great time. Go to town. Um, and, and that's it. But you have to find the thing that works best for you maybe some chocolate and a tea and journal like you. And the reality is like, if you don't do it, it's not going to work. Okay. (laughs) Like you have to do it. You have to actually own up and take care of yourself and do it. Or you're always going to feel like shit. The other thing, um, of practical solutions and answers is tracking your calories and radical accountability. You know, this one is uncomfortable for most people. But it's really helpful to have all of the data and to be able to reflect and see where things went wrong. And that's just like it. I'm not going to talk for hours and hours about tracking calories because you know my stance at this point. I think it takes about 15 minutes extra a day to track your calories, um, which for a lifetime of health, I think is a perfect sacrifice to make. Um, and it, the only reason you don't like it is because it makes you uncomfortable with the choices you're making. And, um, that's it. Unless you really, 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 really struggled with disordered eating, which I would say if you really, 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 really struggled, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast first off. So you shouldn't even be tracking and you should seek help from medical professionals and get a team of people to really help you out because this is not the place for you. This is for people who really need accountability and really looking for some helpful, good tidbits of solutions. So tracking calories is not the enemy. It's it's probably your ego, honestly. People are really bad. Human beings are really bad at prioritizing things. And just because you're tracking calories doesn't mean that you're trying to eat as little as humanly possible. Um, I encourage all my clients track it no matter what. If it's a Big Mac, if it's five guys, if it's a pizza, track it. Why? Radical accountability so that when you say, oh, it's not working, we can look back and say, well, look, six out of the seven days, we weren't on track or three out of the seven days, we overate radically. So it's data. It also makes you really, really aware of what is in your food so that you can start making choices that serve you better. It's so fun. Like when people are like, wow, um, I feel like I'm not eating a lot. And I'm like, oh, well, let me look at your, let me look at what you tracked and see like, why are you hungry? We switch some things up. We do higher volume, like vegetables, fruit, nutrient dense foods, and we do protein and fiber. And they're like, holy fuck, I'm full all the time. Like I'm eating mass quantities, mass amounts of food. It's like, yeah, it's because they're eating whole foods, real foods, foods from the earth. Um, 
because you're not eating a bunch of weird, empty calories now. Like you're actually fueling yourself, eating well, and providing good nutrients to your body and your brain. So tracking calories is not the enemy because it's just a a tool, a unit of measurement. And so you have to figure out what is the priority to you. 15 minutes on TikTok or 15 minutes on tracking your food so that you can be like, whoa, no wonder I'm not achieving my success. I'm like overeating by way more than I thought I was, or I'm not even like you just become self, it's called self-monitoring. You become self-aware of like, oh, I do the little nibble here and I do a little dash there. And while I'm cooking, I do a little bit of that and a little bit of this. It's like, yeah, all that added up to be an extra 400 calories. No wonder. It's like you didn't, you didn't even need that food. You weren't even that hungry. You just were eating to taste it or not to waste it. And now you're self-monitoring. So you're finally aware. So now that we're 30 minutes into, or oh gosh, 33 minutes into the episode, we're going to get to the big, 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 big time solutions, the big Chirinos. So if you've been listening all the way through, thank you. I'm going to take a sip of water before. Mm -hmm. Ready? You need to find an emotional solution to your emotional problem. I talked about this earlier, accepting and addressing uncomfortable emotions is really hard and we will do anything and everything to avoid it. We will totally decimate our health to avoid it. Um, And I think people get obsessed with the hustle and the bustle and everything's great and I'm fine and I have friends and I have a great life and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, Moderate obesity is not great for a good life, a healthy life. And for a lot of people, I would say it's like split. 50-50, it's like, oh, some people really just don't know what they're putting in their body and they have no idea of their food environment. They make some changes and they see radical success. But then other people really, really tote along and struggle and, and bop and bump and float and drown through life. And I guarantee there's an emotional problem there. There's an issue there. Stress. Um, Big time. Breathing exercises, positive self-talk, journaling, meditation, walks, getting sunshine. You have to do it. It sounds fucking stupid. It sounds dummy simple. But most of you are not doing that. Do you wake up and practice breathing exercises or do you roll over and get on your phone? Do you actually sit intentionally for 10 minutes a day and positively talk to yourself? Do you look at yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself negatively? Or do you put on a dance party song and pump yourself up for the day? Do you actually journal, actually sit down and journal and think and reflect? Do you actually meditate? Do you do yoga, stretch, go through guided meditation, or do you just bop? Just bump through life. Walking. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, 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 I walk. And I'm like, oh, well, what do you do? What do you do? Well, yeah, like I get in like my 15-minute walk here and like, yeah, yeah, it was like that. that, What? No, you're designed to move. 
Like get an hour walk in and start to see how uncomfortable you get with your thoughts and your mind. Sadness. What are you grateful for? Feel the breath in your lungs. You're alive. You're breathing. You've access to the internet. You're listening to this podcast. Like at this point, there's so much free information out there now and access to information and good tools. And I'm just one of the thousand amazing, brilliant, compassionate, empathetic, educated coaches out there. Like there are thousands providing free education and literally like anyone that reaches out to me on Instagram, I I answer. I realized that some messages were going to like this weird like not the requests, but like the requests of the requests folder. So I, I fucking missed those from month, years ago. So sorry. Um, but people are willing to help. I'm willing to help. I I get being sad. It is It is hard. But there is so much to be grateful for and to live for and to choose to think about those things. Boredom. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is they're bored with the life that they're living. And I think we're like much more simple creatures than we think. Um, little, little things excite us, right? Like teeny, teeny little consumerism things, but like read a book, color, do a project, go for a walk, watch a new TV series, even something to look forward to. Like, I cannot tell you, I'm so sad that the last of us has the last episode this coming Sunday. Like I cannot tell you like that makes me so sad because it's something that I really look forward to a cinematic masterpiece to watch and enjoy and reflect on and bond with over my partner. That has purpose. I'm not mindlessly consuming drama TV gross all day long. That makes me feel like poop. Anxiety. Therapy, reach out to your support system journal. Poor self-image. Do what makes you feel uncomfortable. I will tell you. Take the photos, post the photo, wear the bikini, wear the crop top, buy the clothes that actually fit you and throw away the clothes from middle school. Toss away the magic scale number that you think is going to make you happy because it won't. No one gives a shit about what you look like. They don't, no one cares. And like my, it's funny. My husband said, he was like, you know, you say that a lot, like just worry about yourself because no one really gives a crap. Like no one really cares. And he was like, the sentiment of that is quite sad as he was like, we live in such a disconnected society that yeah, like no one really cares about you. Like you have to care about yourself and you have to give a shit about yourself because people just don't. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll find your corner of the internet where someone actually gives a shit about you and wants to help you. Or maybe you'll find your spouse that actually cares about you and your well-being or like hopefully you have a family or a support system. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are really, really lonely and need connection and friends and want to better themselves and their health and their lives. And so just know that no one's thinking about you. 
No one's, and even if they are, like, fuck them. Who cares? Don't miss out on living. This is what I'm going to leave you with. We're going to end here. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on living. No one is coming to save you. No one is going to get you out of your emotional eating loop. Stop thinking that there's something wrong with you. For most people, there's nothing wrong with you at all. We live in a crazy food environment and haven't been given any tools to remotely find success in it. We live abnormally sedentary lives due to technological advancements and mainstream food has very little nutrients, protein, and fiber. So you're hungry all the time, left craving high fat, sugary, and salty foods. And quite frankly, it feels hard for everyone. So don't blame yourself or shame yourself or guilt yourself. As long as you don't give up, you win. Just don't give up. And I know that it can feel so, so overwhelming. It can feel like, well, there's so many things that I have to do. I have to eat that. I have to eat this. I have to eat that. I have to move. I have to do this. And I think like if you were on the reverse side, you would still feel the same anyway. If you always think that it's impossible or it's too hard or there's too much to be done, then it is going to be hard and there is going to be too much. I think for a lot of people, they overcomplicate and overstress their lives when our lives are already filled with so much convenience and we have the ability to do so much more now than ever before. It's funny, I broke it down like this. During my corporate job, I felt so overwhelmed and stressed and miserable and wanting to jump off a ledge all like genuinely all the time. Like I felt like this high stress induced response. And yes, it was a really shitty job with really like horrible leadership and, and all these things, but the, the job, the actual task and the hours like wasn't bad at all. I work more now. Like I had one job when I worked in corporate. I have 70 jobs now. I'm an audio engineer, a podcaster, a researcher, a broadcaster, a marketer, uh, social media expert, health professional, wellness professional, um, teacher, coach, personal trainer, strength and conditioning specialist. Uh, like the list goes on and a business owner, accountant, like <laughs> it doesn't stop. Designer, media expert, whatever you want to put, right? And I feel the most at peace now. And when I had one job in corporate that I got paid for no matter what amount of work I put in. But now every scrap, every morsel, every crumb I got to fight for, I got to hunt for. And so I found my peace. I found my corner of the universe. And a lot of people go their whole life not finding that. And it did not just like slap me in the face and be like, oh yeah, like this is easy sauce. This is what I'm going to like do. No, I had to carve out my space in the universe because this is what is meaningful to me. A lot of people can go 
like a job doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't define them, but it defines me. And I had to do a lot of work to address that and realize that and find peace and rest and say no and go against the grain and say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give that big, nice, cushy salary up and I'm going to pursue this because I'm happier. And I think that you'd be damned to think that you're just going to skirt your way through life, living and bopping however you want to bop and get the results that you're looking for. It's like this hodgepodge of emotional feelings going around of like, well, I need to love myself more, not talk to myself in a guilty way and make myself feel like shit. But at the same time, I need to not compare myself to all these people on social media who is not real. And I need to level set my expectations for myself. But I also need to recognize that I have a tendency for laziness and I have a tendency for convenience because of the environment that we live in. And I have to own up to my shit of believing this is hard. If you always believe that this is hard, it will be hard. If you always think working out is going to make you miserable, you're going to be miserable. If you always think eating vegetables and fruit is disgusting, it will be disgusting. Your perception of your own reality is what makes it reality. Have you heard like perspective is everything? It is. So yes, twofold. Have empathy and some grace for yourself and know that this is a crazy world we live in, but that there are tools now. Here you are. You're at the end of a really long two-part series of tools on tools on tools. And you also have, I answer shit for people all the time for free. And then people want to hire me. (laughs) But I'm here. I've got the corner of the internet where I'm helping you for free for tools. There are lots of other people too. So now with all these tools and recognition and understanding, it's time to get to work. And it might feel hard at first, but if you always believe that it will be hard, then it will be. But if you start to believe that this is good, this is helpful, beneficial, makes me feel better, and actually helps me live a better, happier, fuller, amazing life, then it will. But you're not going to get the results if you don't put in the hard work. And I think a lot of people are looking for excuses to not put in what at first feels like hard work because you believe it to be very hard. So change your perspective, change your mindset, get control of your emotional eating and things will get better. I promise as long as you don't give up, you will win. So please don't give up. Keep going. You've got this. And if you made it this far, I made it, you made it, we made it. If I can do a two hour long podcast and I'm going to record another one after this, you can do anything. I believe in you. You've got this. Get after it. Get hyped up. Do your dance party. Whatever you need to do to achieve what you need to achieve, get it done. 
you got this. Thanks for tuning in. I'd really appreciate it if you've listened now so far, so long, um, to go ahead and give me like a five-star review. That'd be amazing. Um, would really appreciate that. Um, but even just the listen is amazing support and I appreciate you, appreciate you listening and helping, um, get the word out and sharing, podcast episodes and and recommending me because um we've just continued to radically grow over the past few months so i really appreciate all of you and know that you're amazing badass uh human beings and you can do this you rock follow me on instagram reach out to me um tiktok whatever it may be happy to help encourage you along the way and cheer you on have a great rest of your day and kick ass bye